Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Shine a Light podcast. I am sitting down today with my friend, Carrie. So, Carrie, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Thank you. Uh, my name is Carrie Drogash. I am an assistant principal currently at Chippewa Valley High School, which is in Clinton Township. And I'm also an instructor at the Barcode Rochester Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pretty active in my church in Macomb Township where I live. I'm at St. Isidore Church. So I lecture there and I used to teach catechism. Um, and then a mom of two teenage boys and going to be married for um, 16 years come August. Yes, you're not busy at all. Not at all. <laughs> so obviously we met at the barcode. Um, a couple years ago now, I think. So I've always been just impressed by how you balance everything. So we might get into that a little bit too. But what exactly did you want to shine a light on? So today I wanted to shine a light on um, primarily raising uh, high school age students, middle school age students. Mm -hmm. And just from what I see from the educational perspective, and then also what I see as a parent of two young men. Awesome. So why is this important to you? Obviously, it's important because you have two teenage, two teenagers also. But like, why why is this something that you wanted to talk about specifically? I think um, for me, it's always trying to find that assurance that I'm doing things right. Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate to have a great support system with my family, but also to have some really great friends that I've been able to always bounce ideas off of that also are raising boys. So it's really nice to be able to feel comfortable enough to reach out to them, get their advice, ask them questions, kind of what would you do in this situation Mm -hmm. um, as a parent, and then also just educationally. I mean, our high school is humongous. So trying to find that balance of um, how to be an administrator in my role and not tell parents how to parent. Right. (laughs) Kind of leave that to my Yeah, I'm sure that's kind of a hard balance since you are a parent too. How many students are at the high school where you work? So at Chippewa Valley High School, we're just over 2,400 students. Wow. Um, But I'm in the main building. So we actually split our campus uh, years ago into a ninth grade center, which Mm -hmm. houses over 600 students. And then I'm an assistant principal in the main building, which is the 10th through 12th graders. Okay. So we're just over 1,800 in our building. Wow, that's a lot. So what made you want to be in in a high school principal? So I initially went to Western Michigan to be an occupational therapy major, (laughs) but um, that did not work out so well. I was not, I didn't know my plan Mm -hmm. until I graduated. And we have a medical careers program at my high school, but I was not involved in that. So when I got to Western, I was really behind the eight ball on just having volunteer hours and knowing kind of what to do. Okay. So my dad was a teacher, a PE teacher. My aunt was an English teacher at the time. And um, after my freshman year at Western, I applied for the OT school. I didn't get in. And there's really nothing to do at that point because similar to nursing, like you don't have a minor. So right. if you don't get in, you're like, what, what do I do now? You can take classes again to go from like a B to an A. Yeah. But um, so my dad kind of said to me, you should go into education. That's what we all do here in our family. Yeah. And so why not? I did. Um, okay. So I decided to go into PE and health, and then I picked up a biology minor because I had so much of that under my belt anyways, and okay. um, initially just taught health and PE when I first got out of college, mm-hmm. and then I took a role as an athletic director, which okay. was one of the, my most favorite jobs I've ever yeah. had. It was um, getting paid to watch sports mm-hmm. and manage all of our sports teams. I loved it, but I get very... Um, I don't like to be content for long. I get kind of antsy, and I like to move around and try new things. So uh, after six years as an athletic director, there was a position available in the front office, and I decided to switch roles to um, administrator in the main office. And um, it also helped because my boys were getting older. It was getting really difficult to balance 
the sports at Chippewa mm -hmm. and the sports that they were doing. Right. So um, it just kind of was a natural flow up to the main office. Okay. And when you tell people you're a principal, does almost everybody go, oh my gosh, how do you do that? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's everyone's a like, oh, an assistant principal, you just get kids in trouble all day long. Yeah. Especially for high school. Yeah. I feel like it's a little different. And yeah. it is a large part of the job is mm -hmm. a disciplinarian. Um, yeah. But... Another huge part of the job is communicating with the community mm -hmm. and working and supporting our teachers, right. which is my most favorite part of the job, yeah. to be honest. Okay. Are there a lot of women in your field? Because I feel like it's pretty rare. Yeah, I don't think um, in principals, yeah. not as many. Assistant okay. principals, I think there's becoming okay. more. I see more in my district up and coming. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of our female teachers are starting to apply for administrative roles okay. earlier and learning to juggle their family and their administrative mm -hmm. position. When I was an athletic director in our school conference of 36, I was one of three females. Wow. So, wow. I, I mean, you kind of balance it, but I, I think every school, especially as one as large as mine, tries to get at least one female yeah. and some males. You know, right. you try to balance, balance it, it so that the kids kind of get a feel for it. Okay. So, um, you've been going on five years, and I'm just curious, what have you seen that has changed over those five years? You know, people always say kids change, and I don't think that's true at mm -hmm. all. I think kids are always kids for me, but I think one of the biggest things that's changing is the diversity in our school, okay. and also um, just how transient people in general are. And not only our kids are transient because their parents are transient, mm -hmm. but I think that the... Um, occupations that people are picking up and they're going into have made them very transient. So not really finding community roots. And so then therefore the buy-in in our school community is not the same as it used to be. It, okay. It's not, you're not going to find as many kids that have gone their K through okay. the high school. Um, and so we're, we're always trying to find a way at our high school to make sure everybody feels included, mm -hmm. but at the same time, respect what we feel our community is all about at right. Chippewa Valley. You know, we tell people once a big red, always a big red. But it's hard. A lot of kids come maybe in 10th grade or come in mm -hmm. 11th. They're only putting in a year or two. You yeah. Know? It's, it's hard okay. for them to find a spot. That's interesting. That's not one of the things I thought you were going to say. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say the main challenges the kids are facing today? I think just that their parents are so busy. And mm -hmm. so it's difficult for kids to get that support that they need at home. Um, with our population being transient um, and a lot of kids coming from single parent households or we have a lot of students that live with guardians or mm -hmm. grandparents too. Um, it's really difficult for those kids. They don't come home and get a snack off the bus and have someone who says, hey, do you have homework? Let's sit down right. do your homework. And yeah. a lot of them have jobs. A lot mm -hmm. of them go home and babysit. A lot of them have sports and then come home and are trying to eat dinner and so I think they just don't have the same support because, okay, you know, I mean, think about it. My kids play a million different sports, yeah. a million different travel things. So somebody has to pay for all of that. Right. <laughs> so as a parent, you want your kids to be involved, but then you have to put more time and energy. Right. Yeah. And I feel like all my coworkers who have kids that are like teenage age, if they're playing sports, they're playing that sport like year round. Like yes. it's very competitive now. You have to go be going to camps all the time. Right. And I feel like that was happening a little bit when I was growing up, but not what it is now, well, not as competitive. Even the girls that dance. I mean, yeah. I did dance growing up, and, you know, you had to recital your right. two or three dances. I mean, there are moms I know those daughters are changing 12, mm -hmm. 14 times the amount yeah. of You're waking up for like in the morning to get the hair yeah, ready. It's yeah, it's insane. It's yeah. crazy. It really is crazy. Okay. So what about social media? Because that's obviously has probably fed into <laughs> things over the last 
five years or so. I mean, when I was in high school, I got a cell phone, I think when I turned 16, but it was a Nokia phone mm-hmm. that I could pretty much only call my parents if I needed a ride somewhere if my car broke down or something. So, but now there's all these apps and yes. the kids probably have their phones on them 24-7. Social media is, I mean, just to be honest, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. I think yeah. sometimes adults struggle on how to manage it. Yeah. So to put it in the hands of a 12, 13, 14-year-old yeah. just is a recipe for disaster. Right. Um, and sadly, my kids get the brunt of it because yeah. I see it all the time at work. And right. so, you know, they, they had phones when they started playing sports in school so they mm-hmm. could call for rides. Right. But as far as the apps they're allowed to get, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, very strict with it. I go through their phones all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It is a battle. I mean, and people constantly call me like, what would you do if your kid wanted this app? And, yeah. You know, that's where that support system comes in to talk to your friends and right. say, what does your kid have and at what age did they get it? Yeah. But it is, um, it's really, not only does it make it difficult for kids to interact when they're in person, mm-hmm. but the things they say on social media is just um, not very appropriate. Yeah. And, and what they post, you know, right. I, I don't have daughters, but... Boy, some of the stuff I see is yeah. is devastating for right. females. What is your or the school's role really when it comes to like the online bullying or stuff like that? Yeah, so there's a very fine line with mm-hmm. where the school can step in and where they can't. And um, I think it's very frustrating for parents because they'll call us and there's oftentimes I'll say, unfortunately, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. So our school stance is my high school runs from 715 to 211. So during school hours is when I can help manage. Okay. Anything that happens after 2-11, um, if it's at home on the weekends, really we can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, we also legally cannot go through students' phones unless okay. they say it's okay for us to, and okay. 99% of the students will not even let us Yeah, I'm sure phone. they wouldn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> so we do have police liaisons that work in our school building. We have two of them Okay. Um, in my district at each high school for the campus, but uh, and they obviously have a different set of rules. Yeah. But um, one of my rules in my office always when a student comes in is to place their phone face down mm-hmm. on my desk. Yeah. Because I don't want to be recorded. I don't want to be yeah. videoed. Um, and I certainly don't want them texting people or Snapchat. Like as you're talking. They don't text. Yeah. They Snapchat. Yeah. Snapchatting yeah. <laughs> people while we're trying to find something out if it's an investigation or not. So that's always my rule. I won't touch their phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, I really don't want to touch their right. phone. Right. So you know, just put it face down and keep your hands off of it yeah. is my rule of thumb. But yeah. it's very difficult unless um, there's a threat made mm. or if it's made after school and it's like tomorrow at school, I'm yeah. going to, then we can do something. Okay. But for the most part, um, you're calling them names, saying nasty, nasty things, yeah. taking pictures and posting, posting them. Yeah. There's yeah. really nothing we can do about it. Okay. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure parents do get frustrated with that. And you probably have to keep up with like, what's out there like the apps that are being used because I'm sure kids are coming in like complaining or talking about it yeah we do and then we also um have to keep up with the different parental apps that you can put on your phone so we can recommend them whether it's life 360 to help track your kids or there's a really great app out there called our pact and um you can download it and you pay for it monthly but you can set parameters on your kids phones as far as um they can't access the internet. They can okay. also make, in, they can only make ingoing and out, you know, incoming mm-hmm. and outgoing calls. So people will say like, oh, there's an emergency. I need my kids to call me from school. Yeah. Like, hey, you can do that. But if they do have Snapchat on their phone, you can set the times yeah. and they can't get on it. Right. Um, you can set as they can't even get on the internet. Right. And then people will say, what if they use their phones in school? 
and and you can turn it off at yeah. any minute because it's on your phone as a parent. Okay. So that's a that's a big one that I think is yeah. super helpful for people that they just don't know about. Okay. That was actually my next question was what can parents do when it comes to social media? Yeah. So you kind of answered it, but is there anything else you would... You know what? I would just say um, you are their parent, not mm-hmm. their friend. And so I do go through my kids' phones mm-hmm. and I, I, I know... I, they're not geniuses yeah. and they can certainly <laughs> delete things. And you know, my thing always with my kids is I can get the phone bill at any time. Yeah. I can pull anything off. Nothing ever is gone forever. Right. Um, but I do. And my kids know that I go through their phone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, yeah, Just they swear it I, and I get yeah. that, but, um, yeah boy, pictures and things like that, you know, yeah. and, and just always relating it to what is your future goals? Uh-huh. Because this stuff can come back and haunt you forever. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, you know, now the police, their version of um, doing things inappropriate on the phone mm-hmm. is the charge of improper use of electronic communication device. Okay. So if you make a threat or you post pictures like, um, unfortunately, nude pictures is not unusual that right. we find at the high school. Yeah. So parents will come in and say, someone took a nude photo of my daughter and passed it around. Oh, jeez. And I'll say, how did they get the nude photo? Mm-hmm. Well, she took it and sent it to so-and-so. And so then what they have to understand is the child who took the picture can be charged with distributing oh, child wow. pornography. Oh, jeez. The child oh, that received the picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The child that received the picture is a recipient of child pornography. And then if they forward it to anybody... They're distributing yeah. it. So it's a long, wow. it's a big, huge process. Okay. Do you feel like social media, online bullying, whatever, is one of the main things that you're disciplining for? Yes. Oh, that takes up the majority of my day. Oh, my yep. god. Yes. I would say every day it wow. takes up the majority of my day. That's yep. crazy. And um, so someone, this might be a good time to ask this question. Someone asked, like, how can parents balance being helicopter parents but also letting their kids make mistakes? Because we're kind of in this society right now where parents are are almost being super protective but then there's also parents who aren't (laughs) aren't at all so kind of how can parents balance those two and I think it depends on age like I have a middle schooler and an incoming freshman so Mm -hmm. I think there's a a, there is a delicate balance between the two in high school I'm constantly telling parents and kids that the children need to advocate for themselves they're really not kids at this point they're young adults so you don't know why you got the grade on your paper you don't know what you did. Why is this a zero when I know I turned it in? That's not something for your mom and dad to call on. Mm-hmm. That's something for your young adult to advocate right. for themselves. Right. Um, there's someone who's making them feel uncomfortable by the comments they make or the way they look at them. Mm-hmm. Yes, your parent can come in and call, but again, that's advocating for yourself because it's happening to you. Yeah. So really to take that communication step, and unfortunately, kids don't know how to communicate very well mm-hmm. in person. So sometimes I'll tell kids, go ahead and write an email to your teacher or send me an email. They'll say things like, Mrs. Jorgash, can you call me down tomorrow? Sure, no problem. Yeah. Because they're uncomfortable coming up to you in the hallway. Right. And that's okay. Right. Um, What what is probably the hardest part in my job is when kids text or call their parents in the middle of class, like right when something's happening. Yeah. And their parents are in a panic. They don't really know what's going on, so then they're calling us. Mm-hmm. I'm coming up to the school like, whoa, everybody take time out. Yeah. Do not leave your job. Do not come up to the school. Yeah, we'll handle Let it. Let me call your yeah. student down and see what's going on because I'm not there. Your kid is there. We need to figure it out. Right. And, and of course, parents go into, like, mama and papa bear mode. Mm-hmm. They're in major protective mode. Right. So I think that you need to let your kids advocate for themselves. If they try to advocate and they're still struggling, mm-hmm. then you help step in. Yeah. Um, but one of the things the parents always need to do is, like I said, is monitor. Monitor your kids' social media. Yeah. 
go on your um, school information system, like we use PowerSchool. Okay. Go on the parent portal and check your kids' grades. Like yeah. if they haven't turned assignments in in two weeks, you have one kid. A teacher has 175. Yeah. So check that stuff. Right. When's your next test? Go on a teacher's website. Mm-hmm. Check stuff out. You know. So that's a great way to be involved. But your kids don't really know you are. Yeah. So you kind of throw that out, like, "Hey, don't you have a math test tomorrow?" Right. What? Yeah, I guess I do. You know, I, think I do. So, yeah. Hey, now you checked into it as mom and dad, right. but you yeah. didn't call the teacher and ask, "When's your next test?" Right. You just you know, you look yeah. it up. So my mom has been a teacher for twenty five years, mm-hmm. and she, I know, over the recent years, has said parents are getting more like, "Oh, my kid would never do that." Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's for younger kids. Are you kind of running into that too? I think. Um, our high school is pretty, I, I think our parents are pretty realistic okay. and our kids are pretty good. Usually the parents, I don't, I don't get a lot of argument. You know, if the yeah. kid is in trouble, most of the times the parents in my community are upset about us. I had to take off work to come up here and yeah. get you. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily. I think one of the, my biggest pet peeves in my job is when people say, well, what happened to the other kid? I'm like, okay, guess what? It doesn't matter. Right. We're talking about you. <laughs> yes, yeah. We need to, you know, and yeah. there's obviously laws and things, yeah. but you need to worry about the child that you're going to take home mm-hmm. and how are you going to manage. Um, we do, last two years, um, our legislature passed a law called, um, well, saying schools have to use restorative justice, restorative practices. Okay. So remember the buzzword used to be zero tolerance yeah. forever. Unless it's um, a weapon, there's really no such thing as zero tolerance anymore. Okay. So people will call me and say, I thought you have zero tolerance for bullying. Nope, not really. Yeah. No, so that that word is out the door. And we had to change a lot of our verbiage on our school mm-hmm. things because people will still say that. And why is that, why did it change? So it changed because they want students, students were not learning by just sending them home for suspension for 10 days. Yeah. So you that got to fight with somebody, you sent the kid home for 10 days, they got to sleep in, they did no work, their grades dropped horribly, they came back, yeah. and they were worse off than they were the day they got mm-hmm. in the fight. So now you your school district has to come up with ways to manage discipline, okay. but primarily you need to teach them right from wrong. Mm-hmm. So we have actually hired someone called a student intervention specialist in our building, and he works okay. to mediate. I've heard that term before. Yeah, so he um, is a mediator. So before the kids can integrate back into the school, they have to sit down with the person. They have to figure out. Sometimes families are involved, sometimes they're not. But... There's no such thing as zero yeah. tolerance anymore unless okay. it's in the I didn't even know that. Weapon. That's interesting. Yep. Um, so then bullying, is it is it mostly online or is there still bullying in th- the building? You know, I think there's a little bit of both. Yeah. One of the big things, um, we have a great poster in our school that hangs all around. Somebody found it and we're like, we need to put this up. And yeah. the top of it just says, is it bullying mm-hmm. or is it someone being mean? Yeah. So I think there's, yeah, a, there's a distinct difference. difference. Yeah. And, I'm, and I am always so proud of our school because... We are extremely diverse. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of different ethnicities and nationalities. Mm-hmm. We have kids that are gay. We have kids that are transgender. Yep. We have kids that aren't really sure um, right. and, and change from day to day. Yeah. We have a gay-straight alliance in my school, and we have kids that are physically and mentally handicapped. Mm-hmm. Our kids are very, very accepting of one another. Yeah. They really, truly are. I mean, it, it, and that's what I always tell people. Like, I don't really know if we have a problem with bullying yeah. because... Look at how great our kids are with one right. another. And imagine 1,800 young adults mm-hmm. passing every 55 minutes. Yeah. Like, and yeah. eat 600 kids eating lunch together. So is it bullying when someone online calls you a nasty name mm-hmm. or is it just being mean? Right. You know, yeah. I think there's... And when you say it back and it's kind of going back and forth, right. 
Right. I don't know sometimes. Yeah, I think there's, like, my brother had epilepsy, and there would be kids who would, like, fake seizures on That's bullying, because that is taking somebody's disability and making fun of it. Right, Yeah, but I agree with you that there are people who are just mean sometimes. Yes. Yes. What? I know you're not the counselor, but what is some of the advice that you give the students when it comes to... You know, for a large part of it is, and it's hard because they're kids and we're adults, but it's letting it just slide and ignoring it. Yeah. Because the kids... they continue to pester you Mm -hmm. because they see it's bothering you. And also when you are responding, so when it's going on Snapchat, it's going back and forth and back and forth. And often what I find is kids won't say, oh, I hate Megan's hair. They'll say, that girl in the purple dress. Mm -hmm. And so... Then when you call the kid down, they'll say, oh, I wasn't talking about her. Right. I'm like, well, it's funny because she has a purple yeah, on today. Right, right. But they, so they're savvy enough not yeah. to use names. Okay. But at the same time. Yeah. Um, so then it's like, well, I don't like you either. And you're this and that. Yeah. And then it just goes and it, it's just a bickering. Like what yeah. you would normally, when we were younger, we would do in person. Yeah. Now they, they just do just it online. Do it. Yeah. 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 And do they think that you don't know? Like, do they kind I of? they yeah. do. I know. I think they realize. And oftentimes what I tell people, this sounds so strange to say, but sometimes I think kids, when they fight, mm-hmm. they want to fight in school because they know we're going to break it up within right. three to four seconds. Yeah. Because whether it's a hall monitor, a teacher yeah. out in the hallway, no one's going to the corner in their subdivision to yeah, fight because right. no one's going to break it up, right? Yeah, so yeah. you want the entertainment value of it. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to catch it on their phone, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's no one's really going to get hurt because yeah. someone's going to hurry up and step in. Right. And, you know, now I think 99% of the times we already know about it anyways yeah. because they've set it up on social media. Exactly. So yeah. someone's going to tattle or you're going to find it out yeah. some way. Are they ever surprised by your interventions or like when you're like dude just yeah you know I mean sometimes I think like I had an instance this year where um a student put his phone down on my desk and then said I asked him whenever I call home with the parent I always put him on speaker Mm -hmm. so that the kid can hear what I'm saying and everybody's kind of aware but you'd be surprised how oftentimes we have the wrong phone numbers in our computer system so I'll always say to the kids like do you know your mom or dad's phone number is this the right one before I call? Yeah. And so this student in this case had said, well, can I look at it in my phone? I'm like, sure. So he looked in his phone. He's like, yeah, that's the right one. Well, I didn't ask him to place it back down on my desk. Yeah. And that's where this whole, like, so he videoed and put it on Snapchat, like the whole oh, conversation geez. I had. And um, within 20 minutes of releasing him back to class, I had a kid come down and say, Mrs. Drogosh, this kid videoed yeah. and, and put it. And so when I called him down, I think he was floored, like yeah. just absolutely like how floored. how did you know already? And yes, yeah. how yeah. did you know? And Because I do try to get social media, but I don't have Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And it was like, did you really think you were going to get away with this? Right. You know? And, and People his talk. Jaw just, yeah. Yeah, his yeah. jaw was just dropping. So nothing's yeah. private anymore. You right. Know, it really isn't. Right. And so. I think, I feel like sometimes they think it is. Like, yeah. 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 Or that okay. nobody else will yeah. see it. Who told you that? Right. Yeah. Well, right yeah. here. <laughs> um, okay. So... Anything else about kind of the social media stuff? I have some other questions, but not related to that. You know, I just, I think that parents just need to understand um, because for, as a teacher, it's so hard. These kids are on their phone all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. They can't put their phones down. And uh, Do they have to lock them up at school? Is no, that technically a rule? they don't. No? So okay. our school has like a red light, green light, yellow okay. light system and teachers decide in their own classroom. Okay. Some of our teachers are red rooms where mm-hmm. there's no phones. Yeah. Um, so the teacher's responsible. If they make their kids put their phones someplace, yeah. 
and it gets stolen or broken, right. the teacher's on the hook for that. Yeah. So often teachers will say, I don't even want to touch their phones. Mm-hmm. What a lot of our teachers have done is bought those calculator caddies, mm-hmm. and they've numbered them, and the desks are numbered. So when you come in, you slide your phone. But you have to have it in a position where it's close to where you teach, yeah. like where you so lecture you from keep an eye or where on you it. sit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you let them go one row at a time. Okay. Some of our teachers use the... Um, use the internet all the time for lessons and so it's just the kids have yeah. to have their phones with okay them, you know yeah okay but we were saying they're always on their phones they yeah. are always yeah. on their phones so i would just say that if they don't but they don't have to be mm-hmm. you know so why at ten fifteen is your mom texting you to say don't forget to pick up your brother today from catechism like dude seriously mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know your kids in school like yeah. what are you doing yeah and so i think that uh, get kids that get in trouble for a phone violation and they'll be like, well, my dad was calling me. <laughs> right. They're absolutely truthful yeah. about it. So, yeah. I mean, unless it's a true emergency, like we have classroom phones in every room. Yeah. You can call in the, the office. office. Yes, yeah. for sure. We'll yeah. get the message to them. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, uh, I interviewed two teenage girls. I don't know if you listened to that one. So it's interesting to hear your perspective versus theirs <laughs> because they were like, they were kind of like, yeah, we're on our phones all the time and we wish we weren't. And I was like, then don't right. <laughs> like put it away. Yes. But it's like an addiction, I yep. think. And you said the word communicate. You kind of said that like, this is how they communicate and their communication isn't as great. Have you seen that? That yes. like, they're not as good at verbal communication? For sure. And it's um, not, lunchroom duty is not my most favorite part of my job. I would imagine. Not kid ourselves yeah. here. We have three lunches at the high school that are 30 minutes a piece. We feed about 600 kids each lunch. Mm-hmm. But um, it's pretty stinking quiet, sadly enough, because wow. kids are on, they're their, on their phones. Phone. Wow. And they have their earbuds in all the time. So That's we so have like two or three tables that play Uno, and mm-hmm. they're like my favorite tables. <laughs> and they are fired up at lunch. Yeah. They are like whooping it up with Uno because it is like, and I laugh because I'm like, yes, or just talk to the people. Yeah. It's very, um, it's kind of sad. Everyone's got their buds in. Yeah, that's and fascinating. Just, or they're watching videos on YouTube. My own children do this. Yeah. They watch videos of people playing video games. My, it's, my husband does it's that. It's the so. most random thing I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen. Yeah. I can't figure it out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. Are there still clicks? though like the jocks the um, yeah I think yeah it's just because that's 10 that's, that's who, who you tend see. to yeah, yeah. It, who you see and who you have common yeah interests with right um but I think also one of the things too people is come into a cafeteria and they'll be like oh, that kid's sitting by himself somebody should go sit with him you know what sometimes those kids don't want anybody to sit yeah. with them and yeah. um sometimes you we need to realize that we have kids with disabilities in our school too mm-hmm. and 600 kids is very overwhelming for them and they want to be alone yes yeah. they do and they want to put their earbuds yeah. in or they want to watch a movie right like, please don't try to put six people at their table to be like hey i'm so and so yeah sometimes that's i mean this is like their 30 minutes it's the 30 minutes where it's not scheduled mm-hmm. for them basically so yeah. i think that it's as an adult in a school we recognize that like you know that could would like to be alone yeah (laughs) and it's okay for him right yeah I think it's hard because when kids are young we teach them like play with everybody talk to everybody but like sometimes people are just not nice and it's okay to not not talk to them or sometimes there are people who do want to be alone so um how is mental health addressed at the school so specifically around like self-harm and suicide did you watch 13 reasons why I did not. Okay. No. I wasn't um, sure if they, like, told you to I did not. It. I really had yeah. no desire to do that. Yeah. So every year our guidance department does a suicide prevention week. It's the okay. national week. Um, you know, we do the, the yellow ribbon mm-hmm. awareness. We bring a speaker in. Um, we have a video that we play in class. We have announcements that go out every day. Um, I, I think that it's probably 
time for a little bit of a shake-up and a change in that. Yeah. But there's always that fear that if you talk about it too much, obviously, mm-hmm. people um, get ideas in their head. Yeah. It's a large part of our health curriculum. So okay. um, each health teacher has their own ideas of whether they bring a different speaker in. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to Molly's podcast. I thought yeah. she was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so... I think um, our counselors, sadly, don't have a lot of time to address mental health in a yeah. public school. They have huge caseloads, and they're primarily dealing with scheduling, mm-hmm. transcripts. Um, yeah. We have two social work. Well, we have a, one and a half because the one is half time. And a school our size is just crazy. We have one school psychologist, again, that's half time in our building. Yeah. It's just not, um, the funding is not there for it. Okay. And, you know, it really does need to be addressed especially when you see the challenges these kids are coming to school with mm-hmm. each and every day. Yeah. And is is that something else you're seeing on social media is like people talking about it more or like sharing sharing what they're going through or do you not really see that side of it? No, we do because okay. that's oftentimes what kids will come and say, uh, my friend needs help. Okay. This is what they posted okay. or this is what they said yeah. on Snapchat or this yeah. is um, a video that they put up. Yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, sometimes you get kids that really didn't even think it through and were not it was not even a thought in their mind yeah but because they posted something that right. like had a weird emoji on it yeah it set a people, flag off yes yeah. people yeah. got very upset about it and okay. so then when you call them down they're like whoa that is not at all yeah but it's it's opening people's eyes to how it can be interpreted now, right you know again when it's on the computer it can yeah. be interpreted in a variety of ways right okay i only asked about 13 reasons why because i went to high school where there really was no bullying and that show to me seemed outrageous because i was like there's no way this happens yeah. but the girls that i talked to said it does like yeah. there is still some of that and a lot of it is online but people can be really really mean yeah. and manipulative yeah. and do some crazy things so that's why i asked about that but um, did your boys watch it? Do you know? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. Did you tell them they shouldn't? <laughs> no, we don't okay. have anything like that at home. Um, okay. Uh, because we just, I mean, we don't really have time to watch a lot of yeah. TV anyways, and it's like a game. Right. We're watching a baseball game or a yeah. football game when they yeah. do come home. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we have parameters on no video gaming during the week. And yeah. So, again, sometimes they're like, oh, mom, you yeah. know. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll live. I right. know it. Exactly. You'll be fine. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I know that e-cigarettes are becoming an epidemic. I mean, they said it's up like 78% yeah. or something crazy. So talk to me about what it's you see with that. The worst. Yeah. So that would be the other half of my life is yeah. spent on jewels. Um, Jewel, J-U-U-L. Not that I'm promoting it, but no. sometimes I say jewel. <laughs> yeah, people, people are, are like, like what, what is that? Yeah. But um, it's awful. It is literally the worst. And our kids are so heavily addicted. And it's not just my school. It's every school. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's graduation parties I go to. It's um, it's everywhere. It's yeah. walking around Partridge Creek where I live. Yeah. Um, and what blows my mind the most is that it's not inexpensive. Mm-hmm. It's an expensive habit to partake yeah. in. Yes. And... Um, you know, because they order it online, nobody checks their ID. Mm-hmm. Uh, older siblings are giving it to them. There are, of course, gas stations in the area that don't check. Our township police department has done a really good job on doing, like, undercover type of things with high school kids where they go in and try to buy. Yeah. Um, but it's awful. And so now we're to the point where it's been around for a couple of years. And so kids are literally saying to us, like, I can't stop. And oh, it God. is so horrific. They have no idea, and we still don't really know what the outcome of it's going to be because it hasn't been around long enough. I know, yeah. But um, <laughs> they are so horribly addicted because one of the biggest things I say in my role is, like, listen, 
I am not your mom, mm-hmm. and I do not want to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's the deal. You need to respect the boundaries of my school, mm-hmm. and I always use my, too. Like, this is my yeah. building. This is my school. You need to respect the boundaries of my school. And if you're going to use an e-cigarette, you cannot use it between 715 and 211. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I know I can't change their behavior in that 10-minute yeah. meeting I have with them. Right. Um, and so kid, I'll say, you know, like, you really had it in the bathroom? Seriously? I can't stop. Mm-hmm. And they and they can't. It's horrific. We have kids with nicotine patches on. It, it's oh. unbelievable to me. Yeah, I think one of the first stories you told me when I got to know you was that you saw a kid, like, hide it in his pants. Correct. And you're like, dude, yes. I can see it. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And um, so now the kids know how we search because, um, so girls put it, in, put it in the bra all the time, and they're magnetic, so they stick right mm-hmm. to the underwear, oh, and yeah. boys will put it down their pants. Um, and I always, like, that's my biggest humor that I try to tell kids like you will not drink out of somebody's water bottle at lunch I will legit see you like pouring it from the ceiling trying to aim for your mouth but you will take a jewel that has been in someone's pants (laughs) and put your lips on it like there is no that makes zero sense to me whatsoever right we always joke and I'll say like that's a crash jewel did you know that that yeah that kid's crash in his pants and like or it was in her bra and it's warm in here today so like what really yeah you don't want that yeah so I work in public health so I know a lot about Mm e-cigarettes and one of the things that I think is the scariest about them is because they're not regulated these things are like exploding on people They're very dangerous, and they are addictive. People say it's a way to quit smoking cigarettes, but it's not, really, because they're just as addictive. And they come up, so that's one of the things we're always looking at. Like, you find one, and then I'm Googling it, like, what is this one? How much do they cost? What can Mm -hmm. be put in it? So, like, when they first came out, you can only put those pods in there that have the nicotine and the flavor. Yeah. And then they came up with ones that you could put THC in. Mm -hmm. So now everyone we find... Our liaison has to crack open yeah. and test for THC. Oh, my God. Because that has become a whole nother. Yeah. So, like, the old-fashioned, like, I'm rolling a, a doobie yeah. and smoking it. Like, nobody's doing right. that anymore. You know, right. like, kids would come to school and you'd be like, holy lord, yeah. that kid reeks. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not how it is. It's all the, like, doesn't even smell like anything, really. And they're not, because they're not regulated, they're not in with the smoke-free air law. So right. you can smoke, like you said, Parchment yeah. you can smoke them anywhere. And they, but there are, there are places that are coming up with things now to put in schools, yes. like detectors and yeah. stuff. Um, and you know what? Kids get so aggravated, like, oh, I just want to go in and go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and not have somebody watch me. But at the same time, I always tell boys especially, like, Eight boys don't go to the bathroom together and stand no, in a circle. You're like, doing I something. Hate to tell you. Exactly. Yeah. So if you want to talk to someone, why would you pick the dirtiest place in our school to yeah. hang out right. and have a chit chat conversation? Right. Like yeah. do it in the hallway. There's yeah. plenty of there's plenty of space. Go exactly. to the library. Go in the yeah. cafeteria. <laughs> what do your boys think about the e-cigarettes? I'm sure that you're you yeah. talk to them of about course. it, and but do they have know, an opinion? It's like our usual like, athletes I will kill too, you. So, they are yeah. athletes, yeah. Um, but I think for them, and they, and I know the middle school they go to, kids have been caught there. I know yeah. there's kids doing it there. Um, but they also, I mean, they tell me all the time, like, oh, it's so stupid. And my kids have been in trouble a couple times for little things, like having an app on their phone they weren't supposed to. Yeah. And I think the wrath they have felt. I mean, because, <laughs> not that I try to parent by fear, but right. ultimately, like, I am your mom and he's yeah. your dad. And, and there's got to be a little fear there, right? you know, like, yeah. oh, I don't want my mom to find out. Yeah. Do you think that because they're athletes, they don't want to do, they're kind of young still too, but they don't want to do anything that would like. Yeah. I think, their... well, so my oldest boy is going to be going to a, a yeah. Catholic school yeah. um, for high school. And so, you know, that's a lot of the conversation we have. Like you do realize like there, there is kind of zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. Like they can just remove you. Right. And, and then if you have to go to another school, you have to set out for a whole year of sports. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Like mm-hmm. one mistake could cost you a whole lot. Exactly. So you really don't have any wiggle room. Right. Is 
like drinking and drugs still a problem? Is e-cigarettes yeah, the main thing? I don't thing? think drinking as much. Yeah. Like not, I graduated in the 90s. Obviously, yeah. it was way bigger then. I don't think drinking as much. We don't hear it. And we give the MiFi survey too, um, okay. which is Michigan Youth Profile Survey. Um, and we don't see it really there. Um, marijuana is a huge problem, mm-hmm. huge because the recreational yeah. piece of it and yeah. everybody having a medical card. And mm-hmm. so when you do find kids that come to school and smell, you have to be really careful how do you approach it mm-hmm. because someone in their house may have a medical card right. and be smoking in their home or be smoking it in the yeah. car, unfortunately, yeah. and that's why the kids smell. Right. And so you can't automatically assume either that that kid is yeah. under the influence. Okay. Um, so, you know, it is, but these THC pens, they call them clear pens. Um, they're really hard to detect. Okay. And they look like vapes, and um, they don't smell like much, but yeah. it's the oil. They buy the THC oil, okay. and so, yeah, okay. it's a huge epidemic still. Interesting. Um, has acceptance of teen sexuality or sexual orientation changed? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, really, I think our school does a great job. So there's two high schools in my district, Dakota and Chippewa Valley, and um, we also have student assistance personnel in each building, and these people do, like, groups for grief, um, anchor management groups, and um, they also head up what's called our Coalition Teen Council, which is a group that goes to the elementaries and teaches about um, the harmful effects of drugs. But they also do a lot of different meetings during the school year about um, could be bullying, it could be transitioning from the mm-hmm. ninth grade to the tenth grade building, it could be on transgender awareness, okay. it could be on family acceptance of homosexuality and transgender. Um, our kids are very open, yeah, and I believe that our school is very, very accepting. Okay, I mean, I could be wrong, but I yeah. tell people all the time. <laughs> That's your like, perspective. It yeah. is my perspective as an adult in the building, and I also think that. Um, because I went to this high school that I work at, I can see the strides that have been made. Yeah. So sometimes I'll have kids come in my office and say like, this is just terrible. We need to do something about this. And so I always say, then you need to be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. So let's come up with some solutions. You can't just come in here and complain. You got to come up with an answer or solution. And I'll tell them like, but you really have no idea. Like starting year 91 Mm -hmm. as a student and then progressing through like we have made huge strides. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like kids in general are just more open mm-hmm. now. Or like Agreed. after the Parkland shooting in Florida, what those kids did to like stand up for gun rights. I just don't yeah. feel like kids, when I was in high school, they would have done that. Maybe they would have, but I'm wrong. Yeah. But I just feel like it's it's different now. Right. I feel like they're more open and right. having those conversations. Yeah, I think they are. Okay. So speaking of Parkland, mm-hmm. um, someone wanted to know about like school shootings and how you prepare. Because again, when I was in school, we didn't really talk about school right. shootings. I think Columbine happened when I was in middle school, but even that was like kind of hush, hush yeah. almost. So um, how do you guys talk about it and how do you prepare for that? Yeah. So, I mean, sadly, every year I think we're doing more and more, which is unfortunate, but Mm -hmm. at the same time fortunate that we have a community that thinks about it. Yeah. Um, We started off our school year this year with a Birmingham police commander that came in who's a parent in our district and Mm -hmm. went through, kind of like played back through Columbine and things they could have done differently to make a better outcome. Yeah. And then this, um, the college shooting in um, Virginia, Mm -hmm. Virginia Tech. Yes. Um, kind of giving us the layout, the blueprint, and what the shooter did and how, again, like if you had done things differently and, you know, saying things like jump out the second floor window and take the risk of breaking your ankle, yeah. like for sure that's way better. Um, one of the biggest changes we made this year is that there we used to do these code red drills, you know, okay. where the kids would huddle in the classroom yeah. and you'd lock the door and turn off the lights and like everybody be silent. And they learned from Virginia Tech and these other schools like, 
that would that's was really the worst thing those kids could have mm-hmm. done. Then they were all sitting in one little spot. That's what I've always thought. I'm yes. like, then you're a target. Yes. <laughs> so, so now yeah. what they've decided is that um, you need to make the decision as the adult teacher in the room. Mm-hmm. What will you do? So if you hear shooting and you're on the second floor, will you bust out a window and jump? Mm-hmm. Will you run if you are on the first floor and it's by the gym and you are completely on the opposite side of the building? You flee. Yeah. You run. And so now we do avoid... Um, deny defend and so are you going to avoid the situation by literally leaving is the shooting going on in the room next to you so now you've got to take and push as much furniture as you can mm-hmm. against the doors and then flip tables to get behind them um, and it's sad to say but I think our kids felt more empowered knowing this yeah. like we're not just going to all huddle in the corner mm-hmm. and be sitting ducks anymore yeah we're going to make intelligent decisions and um We've done a lot more with safety. Obviously, we have cameras all over the place mm-hmm. in our schools. The buses have cameras and they have audio. Okay. Um, our school liaisons, we doubled this year. Um, and we passed a bond in our community as well. So our um, front entryways will become more secure with buzzer okay. systems. And okay. we have security guards. We scan IDs. Um they don't have like metal detectors. We do not have yeah. metal detectors. Okay. You know, there's that people say that sometimes. Um, I think. It's a time thing. I mean, yeah. it's crazy to say, like, well, it's going to take too much time to yeah. check. But, like, we don't really have the mm-hmm. need for it, I yeah. guess. And when you look at a lot of the school shooters, it's not like that kid came yeah. and then put it in his locker <coughs> and decided later, like, they right. came through in that moment. Yeah. That's how it happened, right? So right. it's not, it's not yeah. like that metal detector would have stopped because they were busting through anyways. Yeah, so. exactly. Okay. Do you ever hear kids being kind of afraid that something like that's going to happen or parents or uh yeah oftentimes yeah. you know I mean that and that's where you get into the social media aspect of it when you used to say to people like oh I'm, I'm so pissed at you I'm going to shoot you yeah. you know you can't say that anymore no you know like you think of meet the parents when they mm-hmm. say you can't say bomb on an airplane like, right legit you can't walk down the hallway and if yeah. you're pissed at somebody and you're getting in an argument with them you can't say like I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. You, you can't say that. Right. And so when you say that on Snapchat and someone screenshots it and brings it's it to me, yeah. this is not a threat, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a way bigger deal. Okay. And so, you know, I tell kids that all the time, like, yeah, you can't yeah. say that anymore. Right. Like, you really have to be careful. And sometimes you'll call home and the parents will be like, God, what an idiot. Why would he say something yeah. like that? Well, because they were upset. And yeah. and I get it. They're, yeah. They're In the moment, they weren't thinking. For sure. Yeah. But yeah. then there are other times where you say things like, I'm going to come to your house and shoot, like... You cannot say no. that. Yeah. And so it's a legitimate fear that people have. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to tell them it's, it's. we do the best we can here with the large yeah. community that we live in. And I think right. we do a damn good job, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Because similarly, if a kid gets in a fight, I'll say, you know, if you, this happened to you in Partridge Creek, you'd be arrested mm-hmm. right now. So right. let's like, yeah, you're so like you, you were in my hallway. <laughs> if you yeah. walked out of, you know, a store in Partridge Creek and you screamed at your friend across the way that you were joking with, like, ha ha, I have my gun and I'm, you can't do that. No. People would go nuts. Yeah. So you have, it's the same thing in the school. Right. Okay. Um, does what you see at school affect how you parent? Oh, um, yes. <laughs> I think my kids are like, yeah, for sure. Do you share examples yeah. with them? Of I like, do. Yeah. Yep. At dinner time, we, we talk about it often. Um, and I do think it, it does make a huge difference. And it's funny because my support system, my friends that are my go-to friends, they are also in education. Okay. Like our neighbors next door to us are in, are in education at the high school right in our district. And uh, they raise two boys as well. So mm-hmm. we bounce ideas off of them all the time. Um, it does. And it's... I think it's good and bad. I mean, I kind of know what's going on before things happen. Yeah. And because I'm in the high school, so until my kids get there. But at the same time, um, they sometimes feel a little stifled in what they can do. Yeah. 
but um, you know, we just had this argument yesterday in, uh, at a baseball game. Someone was saying their kid wanted Snapchat, and they did. We're doing a very good job of lobbying for it. Yeah. And, um, did they like, make like a presentation? Yeah, they did. They yeah. were doing a really good job, and so they the kid got to the game, and his mother said, "Ask Miss Carrie about Snapchat." I said, "Oh, it's the worst thing ever," and mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, of course you would say that." I'm yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do it think it's the, the worst thing ever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know Snapchat is so interesting to me because when I interviewed the teenage girls, their mom was there, and she said like parents don't really know how to use it so it's harder to monitor it but like i think as you were saying i think parents need to maybe get it on their phones and yeah well the snapchat thing is just a no big no for me because it deletes itself yeah and so that's the problem i have um and even in instagram i get a little nervous because when you direct message in instagram like the pictures go Uh away and so but you can tell there's a picture sent yeah you just can't see what it is yeah so you're like what exactly was that yeah Yeah. so that's that's kind of the okay um so someone asked, since you have two sons, how do you talk to them about consent and kind of in the age of the Me Too movement and a lot of allegations coming out? Do you have those conversations with them? I do. And this is a huge thing um, that I think as a boy mom, we have to start facing. Yeah. Uh, I, I see it sometimes in high schools, um, mm-hmm. girls and boys, again, the perception, especially when it's on social media. Because you aren't face-to-face with the person. Yeah. The way things come across that you type. Um, the pictures that you send and what happens with the pictures after. Mm-hmm. This is a huge issue. Um, but always making sure that you never put yourself in a situation that could be misconstrued. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you can never take a girlfriend on a date. Right. But um, I think there has to be... First of all, I think as parents, you need to know the other set of parents, too. Yeah. Um, and so... My kid is only going to be in ninth grade, but there is no one taking my girlfriend to the movies. Yeah. Like, not the two of you, sorry. Yeah. Um, I'll be in the movie theater. I won't sit between the two of you. But, <laughs> but I'll be you know, close, yeah. So I think that that's part of it. Um, mm. But it is it is really difficult, yeah. you know? And I tell my kids, too, there are cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their phone on all the time. Yeah. In school, everyone's got their phones out, and there's cameras up in the ceiling. And so um, we will find, like, if a girlfriend or boyfriend are fighting... And arguing like in the hallway, mm-hmm. you'll find the boy put his hands up mm-hmm. just because it can't be misconstrued. Yeah. Um, we've had incidents where, you know, two girls have been pushing and boys have tried to break it up and yeah. it's, you know, he touched her boob and you, you really have to be cognizant all the time. Yeah. And I'm never a big proponent in our school of like, I don't know. I get upset when kids don't help break up fights because I think it's ridiculous for you to stand there with your phone. And I agree. It. Sometimes when I see those, I'm like, why are people just yes. standing there? But yeah. at the same time, um, I don't want them to put themselves in harm's way. But yeah. like our homeowners are like in their 70s. Yeah. Like, come on, man, you're going to make so-and-so break right. it up. And you're standing here. Yeah. At the very least, you could just, you know, grab knock it off. Yeah, yeah. 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 Grab your friend's yeah. arm instead of, you know, preserving it forever. Yeah. But I think that that's kind of the way I talk to my kids is mm-hmm. the same way. Like if someone caught this on video from a different angle, what would they think? Yeah. If so-and-so's dad looked at her phone, mm-hmm. would he be happy or would he be uncomfortable yeah. with what you said? Yeah. And so that's kind of, you know, understanding what's appropriate. Right. So one of the biggest things I always, I wish people would just do is please don't let your kids take their phones in their room. Mm-hmm. Um, as a parent and as an educator, I see kids that, have gotten so little sleep at night because they're on their phone till three or four in the morning or someone's in a group text or a group chat on Snapchat. Um, nothing good happens. Like, you know, mm-hmm. why is your curfew past midnight? Nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah. But nothing good happens on those phones at that time. Um, 
And the other day, my oldest boy just said, like, can I ever get a TV in my room? I said, you'd be more likely to get a TV than ever have your phone Phone. in your room. (laughs) Because I go through his phone in the morning and it'll be like, so-and-so was active three hours ago. It's six o'clock in the morning. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, So, and they, they really do need a break. Mm -hmm. They need a break from the buzzing of it, from the vibrating of it, the the noise of it. Mm -hmm. They're getting interrupted sleep. (laughs) Yeah. It's horrible. Um, so have them charge their phones in their rooms. It's really, or in their, in your room or mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Ours is in the kitchen. It's really not the end of the world. Right. Um, and then I just think that, you know, whether you're in education or whether you're just a parent, just being aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's nothing wrong with asking other people yeah. <laughs> or asking for advice. Um, I'm always amazed when parents will come in and say, what should I do? And I'm so proud of them that they came in to say yeah, that. They like, asked the I question. don't know what to do. Yeah. Or I found this in my kid's room. What do I do? Or I have three kids. I parented them all the same. Why mm-hmm. is this one right. kid? Right. Like, so reach out to your local school district for help because they are full of resources. Mm-hmm. And um, it may not be me. Like, I always tell people, like, I did not go to school to be a counselor. I'm not yeah. good at that. Yeah. <laughs> my answer to everything is suck it up. So yeah. it's not a good thing. But, gosh, Yeah, you tell it like it is, yeah. which I think is good. Yeah. Our counselors do a really great job, and they have a ton of resources. Yeah. So, okay. you know, they'd be the first person I would go to as well. Okay. Um, okay, one more thing before before my, my last fun questions. I did want to ask you how you balance everything because, as you mentioned in the beginning, you have this full-time job. Yeah. You are an instructor at the Barcode, and you teach quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and you have two teenage boys who are active athletes, and you're always at their baseball games. So how the heck do you <laughs> maintain uh-huh. Balance I do that. it with an amazing family support yeah. system. Um, my dad is retired from the school district now, and my mom quit her job when I had kids to help babysit them. Oh, that's awesome. And they are, quite frankly, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. My grandma's 86, and she comes out to their game. She comes over to my house three days a week Aww. and eats breakfast with my boys, washes Very my floor on her hands and knees, does laundry, mm-hmm. changes the sheets. Um, my Aunt Diane is amazing as well. But, I mean, people laugh. They always say, like, oh, the Zadkoff's should charge admission because just, like, when my son plays football, there's like 14 family members oh, that yeah. come, you know? Yeah. So if I need help with rides, um, my family's always there to help out. And it's kind of like a no-brainer to me. Like, yeah. it's like everybody goes to support everybody else. That's right. just how we work, you yeah. know? Yesterday, we had three baseball games. My youngest played, my oldest had doubleheader. Mm-hmm. My brother came with his wife and his twins. My stepmom was there at a certain point. Like, my mom's in Vegas. She's watching on the yeah. app changer, you know, the yeah. game changer app, like... So that's how I balance it. And I'm, um, to my husband's annoyance, like super, super organized, like the color-coded calendar. Yeah. You know? Like well, I'm sure you have making to. Making sure everything's done, like yeah. listing my groceries in advance, like yeah. just trying to make sure that that's, um, that's the things that are can be done ahead of time or done yeah. ahead of time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some of the barcode did want me to ask you how you stay so fit. Yeah. Because <laughs> you are in great shape. Thank you. I stay, um, well, because I never really have a chance to sit down. And I yeah. tell you what, like... I love my sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not good when I'm not getting enough sleep. Yeah. And so yeah. I am in bed. Like, 11 o'clock is super late for me. Same. And, yeah. you know, my alarm goes off at 5 mm-hmm. for work. So I try to make sure I'm in bed by 10, 10.30. Like, I love to watch the Chicago Fire PD, Chicago Med. So Wednesday okay. nights during this, you know, the season, I'm yeah. a little later for me. Yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, I like to be in bed. Um, and I just, um, I make time to work out mm-hmm. I really do and my kids want me to do it too because they yeah. know I'm super crabby with <laughs> so the last two one is that my dad always used to say build each other up don't tear each other down and so I ask everybody to give me somebody that they want to build up whether it's somebody who's helped you somebody that you know is struggling 
can, it's really open to whoever you want to build up. Yeah. Um, I really want to build both my boys up because mm-hmm. I think this is such a pivotal moment in their life at the ages that they're at with my older boy going to be a freshman and now we're sending him to an all boys school. So well, he yeah. wanted that. So yeah. I'm not, we're not sending him there. Yeah. He wanted to do that. Um, and so I just want him, well, I want both of my boys to realize how amazing I think they both are. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know how hard they work at what they do. And I know my expectations and my husband's expectations are very, very high for them, both academically and athletically. Um, you know, they're in catechism they're, They, you know, we try to make them the most wholesome we can. Yeah. My family's expectations are high because they were educators. Right. So there's always somebody watching and, and I know they know that, and I'm just super proud of everything that they've done. And I think that my youngest one, um, you know, he's always being compared to his older brother, mm-hmm. and that's not easy. Right. But he's such a character in his own right that, yeah. and their personalities are so completely different, and they don't even look like brothers, to be yeah. honest. But um, he is such a, like, super funny, outgoing kid who just, every time somebody meets him, is like, Dalton is the funniest kid. Like, things that come out of his mouth, I'm like, oh, dear, what was he saying? Yeah. But he really is quite a character and so each in their own right they're doing such amazing things mm-hmm. and their hard work is definitely paying off yeah. so I want them to know that you know they're doing it they're doing a great job at what they do yeah. and I know it's not easy for them because right. we do have these expectations mm-hmm. but they are becoming amazing young men that's awesome and I know they might not show it now or maybe they do but they will appreciate it they will yeah <laughs> and, and they then, will yes. tell you later yes. in life how much they appreciate yeah. it <laughs> might not be right now <laughs> um and then the last thing is I have everybody give me a fun recommendation so sometimes it's a book someone read or a podcast that they listen to anything so um I actually just read a book called allegedly and I can't remember who was by. So I went down to my library at my school before work ended, and I took like six books off the shelf mm-hmm. to take with me. To, yeah, for I love my Kindle, but like truthfully, yeah. I'd love to have a book in my hands yeah. more than I love my Kindle. So yeah. <laughs> I read too. this book, and it was um, it was pretty amazing because it just talked about the foster care system a little bit. Okay. And so um, I need to get into a little bit more of that kind of just to understand where my students are coming mm-hmm. from a little bit more because we're seeing just more issues arise, yeah. right? So so that we know, but. Um, yeah, that was a really awesome book. And, okay. you know, for me, I'm telling you, like, I don't know, I guess for me, when I just think of fun, I think of as making sure you do something that you enjoy yes. every single day. So that yeah. might be hitting the gym. They might be just literally sitting down and having a glass of wine or listening to a podcast mm-hmm. or putting your relaxation station on your Pandora for 15 minutes yeah. and just chilling, you know, just really letting go. Yeah. Um, but I just think that's so important for your mental health. Like, mm-hmm. you have to find something you love to do, and you have to make time to do it. You I really do. agree. Someone told me a couple weeks ago, they were like, you do a lot of things out of obligation. What do you do for fun? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a really great yeah, question. I mean, I enjoy working out. I actually am one of those people who likes to do it. But me I'm too. like, but it is still kind of out of obligation. Yeah. So maybe I do need more fun yeah. in my life. It's, I think until someone says it to you, you're like, dang it. Yeah. yeah what do I do yeah. for fun? Yeah. 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 Adulting is not always fun. No. So. It's not. Too many responsibilities. Yeah. I don't even have kids yet, but yeah. still still a lot. So. It is. Okay. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we close? Is there any social media you wanted to plug? No? No. I said no in your thing. No, just the apps I was saying. Yes. Um, that one hour packed app is okay. really, it really is amazing. If, you, if parents look into it, I think they'd be surprised at what it does. Okay. Um, and the parameters you can set. And it's pretty inexpensive. So okay. if, you know, if, if you're struggling, like some kids don't really use their social media yeah. much, you know, yeah. or they don't use their phones a ton or they right. don't play video games a ton. So, okay. you know, yeah, that's about it. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for doing this. I sure learned a lot and I hope 
I think other people will as well. So thank you. All right.